Well, that was disappointing. Uh, I'm not mad, I should emphasize. I'm just disappointed. I'm going the parental route for this one. Joe, welcome to the Total Soccer Show quick take hot take of the USA start to World Cup qualifying by drawing nil-nil with El Salvador. With me this evening, which means he is committed to a full rewatch of this game, is Joe Lowry. Joe, thank you for making that commitment. Taylor, never have I been happier with my past actions. I watched like 15 minutes of this back at halftime. So that's 15 yeah. minutes that I don't have to watch again <laughs> after we're done with this. I'm proud of my past self, Taylor. Uh, you sold me on it, man. Because I was like, oh, did you learn something? Is it better? And then it was just like, oh, no, you just got it out of the way. I see. Uh, w- well done. Expertly, expertly well done, my friend. Uh, for folks who are new to the show, this is... As bizarre as people who are used to it, probably, because with the quick take, we just get right to it. No music. We kind of talk out our basic thoughts, our basic takeaways from the game that was. Then we do the full rewatch, and we sort of figure out if those thoughts are still there or if they've changed. This time around, we're going to adjust it even more. Basically, I think I have a sort of narrative on this game. I am going to give my narrative, and then Joe, from the more tactical side, will say if that vibes with what he saw tactically if it does then we'll kind of get into that if it doesn't then we'll figure out why we're uh we're at odds because we were already at odds about where Gio Reyna would start Joe and I think I guess I was right in the actual lineup and maybe you were right in maybe what should have happened <laughs> yeah honestly that that might be true it felt like this game was crying out for Gio Reyna to get on the ball more and, and be in spaces to win more 50-50 battles as opposed to Brendan Aronson being in that midfield spot but Taylor you were right don't sell yourself short you were right <laughs> I was wrong that's the way it goes all right well let's see if I continue to be right because my basic feeling on this game was that in the opening I'm not even sure maybe 15 minutes or so it seemed like there was that confident U.S. team that we've seen that we should see because of all the successes they've had this summer and where a lot of these players are professionally I think we saw them enjoying themselves and it was just a game it was just another game that you could see I tweeted this that like Miles Robinson has that header over and he jogs back and he's kind of friendly chatting with Tim Ream uh Tyler Adams goes in pretty hard in a challenge and Weston McKinney is over there immediately to defend and there's just there was just a lot of moments like that that made me feel like okay this team has kind of got really good chemistry they're up for it and then I think they lost the momentum a little bit and I think El Salvador started playing their game more. The U.S. got knocked around a bit and struggled to recover. I thought maybe they'd get more out of it at halftime, and I didn't see a ton. And so then my feeling was that when we had those substitutions uh, in, like, what, the 64th minute thereabouts, I thought we see Kellen Acosta come on, we see, like, more veteran figures come on, and it seemed to me like maybe that's where the system comes back into place. There's a calmness in the familiarity with things, and they would end up getting the result. I still believed, even till there, Joe— Uh, But then in the end, it didn't seem like it made a huge difference. And the U.S., I think from about the 15th minute or so on, looked kind of discombobulated and a little bit out of sorts. And I feel like that's roughly how they finished. So that's my overall understanding of this game, Joe. How do you feel about that? I largely agree, Taylor. I think the first 10, 15 minutes for the U.S. were were genuinely good. They were moving the ball into that right half space, into the box. They targeted kind of that right-sided Manchester City zone, just the space on the right side of the box. And Giorena got in that space. Josh Sargent got in that space. The U.S. was moving the ball well. They were pressing well. So everything was okay at the start of the game. And the first half, I thought, finished all right as well. But the middle part, and in, in I guess most of the first half, and then almost all of the second half, I thought, was poor. El Salvador, credit to them. They came in and played their game. Yeah, the U.S. pressed them and forced their goalkeeper into some uncomfortable situations, but they were good, man, and they gave the U.S. a lot of trouble. They targeted Sergio Dest. They won a lot of 50-50 balls in that space. They're right. The U.S. is left with Dest at left back. It was not 
it was not a very good performance for, from the U.S. They struggled to pass the ball in a in, in, in any sort of competent way in long stretches of this game. The first few minutes of the second half were good, and we saw some dangerous moments, but just not enough and not often enough for the U.S. in this game. So let's talk about a few of those things, Joe. And again, this is the quick take. So like we're going off of our gut, off of what you remember, off your notes might say. When you say they were targeting Serginho Dest, what do you mean there? Yeah, that might be even a bit of an exaggeration. It just was that Dest was that bad. Man, Serginho Dest at left back. And Taylor, maybe maybe you have a different view on him. But it felt to me like every time he stepped forward to sort of half-heartedly try to win a ball from left back, uh, it didn't work or he never actually engaged in that 50-50 battle. And so it was never a 50-50. It was just a 100-0 for El Salvador. There were moments after moments after moments. The fourth minute, Des gets forward, doesn't really do anything defensively. He's not even getting forward offensively in this moment. He's just stepping forward and leaves Reem isolated and, and nothing bad really happens. But that happens in the fourth minute. That happens in the 12th minute. Something similar happens in the 14th. I mean, the list goes on and on of these moments. And credit to Tim Reem because I thought he was – Excellent. I thought he was very good. I don't know what the right word is there, but he was solid next to Sergino Dest on a side where Dest really wasn't doing him any favors. And and so the idea then I would assume is that that is sort of built into the game plan that Dest is going to be more attacking and maybe that is grounded in a game plan of we think we're going to have a lot of possession and a lot of sort of attacking opportunities. So we don't need him to be as defensive if we're reading it that way and maybe being charitable what do you think then prevented Dest from having more of an impact in the attack uh it felt to me like the left side and how that was structured was a bit weird right because the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of Sergino Dest and Conrad De La Fuente is the exact same thing Taylor it's dribbling it's holding onto the ball for maybe a little bit too long but doing some really cool stuff and having Conrad on the left wing and Dest at left back, and then Aronson as the left-sided central midfielder, the balance felt a little bit off. It had too many ball-dominant players, and then Aronson, who kind of just drew the short straw and didn't end up doing anything that really met his strengths. So that that hurt Serginho Dest. There were a few moments where he got forward, and he was on the ball, and he had one cutback in the 21st or 22nd minute that just went out of bounds, and it that left side lacked rhythm. All of the dangerous attacks in the first half, I thought— came down that right side with the exception of Conrad drawing a foul and Des drawing a foul. So, I mean, it, it just wasn't great out on that side. And so then the other thing that I, like, I felt like I, I saw, and it seems like Twitter definitely felt like they saw, was a, a slowness both in the movement of the ball, but then also the decision-making in, in the movement, uh, I think, to occupy space or to get out of other people's way. It, it just it did seem slow in the attack at times. And do you feel like that's part of it? It's just the, the balance is off, so it makes it harder to have those kind of sustained possession sequences and instead it kind of boils down to individuals? Yeah, there was a lack of rhythm tonight, I thought. The U.S. didn't, to me, Taylor, and maybe you have a different view, I'd love to hear it, but to me it felt like the U.S. were not ever fully committed to a possession style in this game, right? Think about how they pass the ball out of the back, or rather they didn't, right? It's Matt Turner, yes, but Matt Turner can at least pass some. He's not very good at it, but he had, I mean, he had one moment where the ball just went out from under him and went out of bounds for a goal kick, uh, for a corner kick, excuse me. But the U.S., even with Turner back there, even though he's not the best at that sort of thing, they just didn't even let him try, right? It was a long ball. It was a long ball. It was another long ball. The U.S. was trying to win those 50-50s and trying to clean up the ball and then attack in advanced areas directly. And that's that's going back to Des. That's part of the issue that the U.S. had in this game. And that's part of why I think the momentum really left them in the first half is because balls started yeah. coming into Des area and he just wasn't up for it. He just wasn't good enough or, or ready for it to win those balls. And that hurt the U.S. because that was a massive part, maybe the most important part of their game plan. 
So I, I will be honest and say I think I've now written down like five things to pay attention to in the rewatch. Uh, but that one is starting to feel like maybe that's the thesis of the U.S. didn't seem like it had a unified game plan for what it wanted to do or a unified approach that everybody seemed to be uh, on board. Because even uh, – I think – I forget what minute it was. I can go back and find it in my notes. But uh, it's it's there's a gold kick and goal kick and you can tell Tyler Adams wants the ball at his feet and is gesturing for it. And instead, Turner plays it up the field. I think it might go straight out of bounds. And you can see Tyler Adams turn and have that same conversation. And you can forgive, like, oh, they're not familiar with each other. El Salvador are doing very difficult things. It's uh, CONCACAF on the road. But those were the moments that I think stood out to me in a negative way as being a a disjointed aspect of the team that I'm maybe not used to or less familiar with. And maybe that is just a product of World Cup qualifying. But I think in the rewatch, I would like to see if it was just the case that they got completely knocked off their rhythm after those opening few minutes. And then it became about like one individual trying to pick the team up while two other individuals tried to possess, while a third tried to get stuck in. And, And if that just they never had that one sort of common viewpoint to then build from. Yeah, and and I think you mentioned the word individual. I know this is a different context than how you used it, Taylor. But the second half and even long stretches in the first half, the U.S.'s attacking approach did feel very individualistic to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like, okay, Gio Reyna, you're really good. Uh, you try something now and do that maybe a few more times. And then Conrad tries. I mean, it just it, – it lacked – pace in attack it like i mean you you can go and you can play direct and you can attack in transition which is a little bit challenging when when conrad and josh Sargent and giorena is your front three because none of those guys make decisions particularly quickly although again i thought giorena was very very good tonight but then once you get the ball forward after trying to play more direct and, and you do slow it down a little bit you need to have some sort of urgency in possession and yeah the field may be not the best to play that high quality possession soccer but the attacking movements and everything was a little bit too slow for me. And that resulted in the game becoming a bit sloppy for the U.S. And it resulted in individuals having to try and break El Salvador down as opposed to the entire team, I thought at least. All right, I, so I think I, I'm interested more in your thoughts on Reyna because I think you said in the beginning that maybe if we'd had him more central, maybe there's more sustained attack. Maybe there's more creative play through the middle. And and maybe it's just because at the at the end result, there's a lack of a lack of a goal. There's a lack of end product that I think eh, maybe it was just the whole like attacking system wasn't functioning. It sounds like you're more inclined to say that if you move some parts around, maybe it functions a little bit better. And it seems like part of that is Gio Reyna central. I th- I think so. And ah, I don't know. It, just Brendan Aronson feels like a weird player to play in that spot. And I'd be very curious. Maybe we'll hear about that in the press conference, right? You have Sebastian Legette and Kellen Acosta on the bench. And Brendan Aronson, I see as much more of a wide attacking player. I think we've learned that over the last couple of years at the end of his time with Philly and now at, over in Austria. I think we've seen that he's better out wide. Berhalter even has moved him. He started him as a number eight in this spot he played tonight and then moved him out wide to the left wing for more recent camps or the right wing for more recent camps. So I, I just that that decision felt a little bit strange to me. And then having Conrad and Dest on the same side felt a little bit strange to me. So I think some of the pieces could have been moved around. I don't know how much that affects the overall game plan. I don't think that it drastically changes how the U.S. would have approached this game. But really, Taylor, we just need to clone Gio Reyna. Let's get four of them out there <laughs> next to uh, next to Josh Sargent up top, one on each side and, and two underneath in front of Tyler Adams. And, and I think we're cooking at that point. Well, you mentioned Josh Sargent. Joe Lowry. And, and I find myself still confused about that one. I still have concerns about the, uh, the striker position mm-hmm. because 
I noted in the seventh minute, he gets into a little bit of a tussle. And it's I think he has a heavy touch. He gets a little bit of a hip check. I think he thinks the foul is coming. The foul isn't given. And that's why I noted it is because I wanted to see what does he do with that information. He now knows that we've got basically a referee who's going to let some things go. And does he then get scrappier? Does he get more involved? And I honestly think that's what Berhalter was kind of looking for from this overall lineup. I don't think it was the strongest one he possibly could field, but I think there was an element of, I want to see how these guys respond. And I think he maybe looks at them afterwards and isn't thrilled with some of the responses. And I have Josh Sargent in that group. Were you more up on his performance or were you similarly a little bit underwhelmed? We're in the same spot, Taylor Rockwell. I think think PFOC was better off the bench than Sargent was from the start. Right. And, and part of that could be situational and PFOC coming in against tired center backs. But Sargent, for me, took too many touches, wasn't particularly involved in the attack in a lot of ways. And that, that's not a criticism that is uniquely directed towards him. That goes to a lot of the players in this U.S. team. But I, I don't think he was that good and questions abound still for that number nine spot. It took me like five seconds to remember why you called me first and last name. So I was like, oh, he went formal. Oh, wait, right. Okay, call back. Well done, Joe. Just funny. Just funny. Uh, Joe, what about you? Are there things that you want to pay particular attention to when you do your rewatch? Yeah, I want to go back through in the first half and look more into other factors behind that momentum swing because it was totally there. And I think a lot of folks noticed that. Dest for me is one part of that, but I want to go through and find other parts and then uh, go back through the second half, especially, and figure out, okay, why couldn't the U.S. create enough quality chances? Why was it just that it was hopeful crosses into the box? And not bad crosses, necessarily. Weston McKinney has a good chance. Acosta has a a pretty solid chance as well off of crosses. But it really did look like that was going to be their only effective attacking game plan. And I think a lot of that boils down to sloppy passes. But I want to go through and, and learn more about that whole thing. All right. I'm with you on that. Uh, and, I, and I think especially, yeah, when that sort of tide turns and then maybe those first 10 minutes of the second half as well, because that was where I thought we would see a larger response. Not necessarily like we're going to score right from the, from kickoff or something, but it seemed to me like it was a you guys got to go out and fight and win more uh, to start the half than it was. This wasn't working. Let's change this sequence. This felt like a you got to win with your heart sort of game to some extent and a welcome to CONCACAF sort of game. Hmm. Uh, but I do then want to see what the tactics were ideally meant to be and what could have been essentially. I'm with you, Taylor. Man, this game... You're left wanting more, right? You're left wanting more. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it's nice that the next one's on Sunday, right? Because we don't have to wait too long to get more. Whether or not that more will be good, we don't know yet. But yeah, this is a way to CONCACAF, baby. A way to CONCACAF. But I hadn't really thought about it like that, Joe. Like, you're absolutely right, number one, that I just, I'm ready for another U.S. game. But let's say, and I I think at this point, let's not, like, say we're definitely going to win a game. But, like, in an optimistic world, let's say we beat Canada, like, for, normally that would be it for the for the for the match break, and then we would have two games, four points, and we'd be like, all right, I th- let's. It depends on what happens next, and I guess at least I'm appreciative that if we do win the next two and it's seven points, it feels more manageable to me. That was the bar for like what is a good uh, sort of start to qualifying with seven points. So we've drawn the one. Now we just got to get the two wins. Yeah, seven points would be phenomenal, and it, that looks like a bit of a tall order at this point. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's impossible, but seven or nine would have been great. Uh, five would be okay, and anything mm-hmm. below that, we're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, let's let's see what happens here. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then, I, and then I think my overall feeling on this one is I want to know what went wrong here tactically. What could have been better. And not even a, like, okay, so this guy's out completely. Like, we still have two more games of this qualifying round and many more still to come. But 
two games to respond and two games to see who learns from the mistakes, who is tighter in possession next game, who makes better runs off the ball. And so I think knowing that this was a game where maybe the occasion got to some heads and it's a very confident group, maybe they needed that reality check, but seeing what people need to learn and then checking in these next two games to see if they learned it or if the approach was changed entirely. I'm really grateful that we get these two games to know even more about this team. And I'm curious to see, I kind of talked about how direct the U.S. was in this game and how they Mm -hmm. didn't try to move the ball out of the back. I bet that changes some against Canada and it's going to have to change some against Honduras because of how Honduras play. They'll, they'll sit deeper than El Salvador. I'm, I'm just curious to see how this team evolves from game to game and maybe evolving is the wrong word, but how they change and, and structure their attacks from game to game in regards to who the opponent is and what the game conditions are. So the Canada one's going to be fun, Taylor. And I'm excited, not as excited to go back through and rewatch this one, but I'm excited to record tomorrow and maybe have some more detailed thoughts and back and forth on this one before we get to that one on Sunday. All right. Well, we shall do that. We're going to rewatch. We're going to talk it out again, Joe Lowry. But for now, thank you again for uh, for giving me first and last and for talking it out with me and helping (laughs) me figure out what I want to watch on the rewatch. Oh, you got it, Taylor. Listeners, hope you all are are doing well. Welcome to CONCACAF qualifying. For those who are new, it sucks and is great all at once. Uh, And hopefully it stays great throughout. We shall see. Uh, But for now, I'm going to go make some coffee and watch some soccer. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you very soon.